Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, boys. I was just checking that I'd done my letters backwards so I can yeah. put it up in point. Uh, no. <laughs> um, Our host, ladies and gentlemen. No. Uh, am I editing that out or am I keeping that? Yeah, I'll keep it in. Right. <laughs> um, Every mistake. Yeah, look. Welcome to Joe Montana Sports Talk Football. It's week nine, guys, and preseason's well underway, and we're all on time. For change is true. Yeah. That is a big deal. Yeah, we're on time. Everything's uh, kind of working, and Dougie, make sure it's recording, please. Every every fucking week. Every week, just leave it out with it. It's not funny. Busting my balls here. I've been I've been on the mixer since eight o'clock. Not even a lie. Eight o'clock. That says more about the. And what, why is it still not working? The mixer, exactly. <laughs> You've been on it since eight o'clock, Doug. Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Was that y'all? Was that Y A L L? No. Uh, it might have been. <laughs> um, yes. So, good week, boys. Martin, uh, another win for the Cats this week. Yeah, yeah, we um, got past the uh, Berkshire Renegades. They were probably favourites for that game, but we. Uh, Wore them down, uh, managed to uh, sort of pull it out in the fourth quarter and uh, just uh, finish stronger than they did. So uh, we're off to the semi-finals and we're playing the um, London Hornets again, who we've uh, played twice this season already. Lost two, but only by a combined of three points in the two losses we've had. So should be, hopefully, fingers crossed, another close game. Did you see the fourth quarter? I didn't get. I didn't even get a flag this week, not even a flag. And there was... So, no ejections this week. So, yeah, because the next one for me is a 12-month ban. So, is it really? Uh, look, wow. Look, look, looking to avoid that. Big time, yeah. Is that what happens to ejections? And, 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 and a £100 fine, yeah. And £100, £100 fine. Is that what, is that yeah. what Brit Bull's going? Oh, shit. Okay. Christ. Yeah. Oh. So, you can't make a tackle anymore? Unlucky. Anyway. Well, Martin, you've got Martin, funny on Martin, Martin's been yeah. yeah, Martin's just turned into a robot. There we go. <laughs> there he is. Hello. O- Optimus Prime. <laughs> yeah, Craig, doing all right this week? Did you watch the McGregor fight? Indeed, mate. Yeah, had a good week, mate. Really good. Great fight. Um, I, I mean, I, I think that uh, I like Connor, man. I think he needed a... It's a nice to have rivalry. That's what all combat sports need, good rivalry. He's done well to build it. Good win. For, the money was always in the third fight. Saw it. The money was always in the third fight. So, uh, yeah, MMA's doing doing it. Very entertaining. Yeah, and Mark, you've been to the beach again, I gather. Yeah, I feel rough as arseholes, but you know, it's, uh, <laughs> um, so thanks thanks to my family for making me feel sick. You you Good are that them, you are that little that little kid in The Simpsons who was always throwing up on the bus, aren't you? Yeah. Much, yeah. I knew as soon as, soon as I told you I was feeling I knew as soon as I uh, I told you that I was feeling rough I was going to get pelters and yeah. you're going to start calling me sick now and stuff so yeah. Yeah, cheers, cheers for that boy yeah but I, think, I think I might have a can of man the fuck up over here if you want 100%, 100% mate seriously <laughs> hey I'm here take, I'm, I'm here take, 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 take the cycling shorts off they're a bit tight <laughs> And uh, stop, stop blaming the family, mate. Jesus Christ, I'm, I'm, he's, a, he's actually blaming the child for his sickness. <laughs> hey, blame the child, blame the child for everything. Hey, look, look, boys, we 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 got to move on. Um, have Craig, are you uh, what what are you doing? So I was having a drink. You know, I like. It sounded like you were so, playing the maracas. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah, we got to, we we've got to mention it. Have we decided on an amount of money we're going to be gambling yet or not? All of it. I don't think yeah. anything. I don't think anything final's been decided. It's got to be fifteen and fifteen, <laughs> isn't it? It's fifteen and fifteen, lads. Come well, on, I'm happy. I'm happy with that. I like um, I like the shout that uh, one of our listeners gave us, which was to go to the betting site that gives us twenty pounds worth of free bets. Now that does that is a a, a great solution to an issue. So shouts to Todd, top man. Yeah, yeah. However, the issue, the challenge is, 
there are a number of caveats with that free bet. So if somebody wants to do the admin, i.e. find a site that's going to allow us to split that money over X amount of bets, because usually you have to bet all of the free bet on one following bet. So if someone wants to do the admin for that, I'm down. Otherwise, I say 15 and 15. That, that was a lot of bets in one one sentence. I, I think well, I lost up, you. Doug, mate. Keep up, mate. Keep up, mate. It's not, it's, not too, it's not too technical, mate. It's not too technical. You obviously struggle with that side of things. Says the bloke lying it, sure, Surely, it, surely <laughs> it's a strategy, isn't it? If, if, if you decide you want to go to a site where you get free bets and you have to deal with the caveats of having it, then that's your prerogative. If you, you can win with that, then fair enough. If not, then just do whatever you want to do. It's like 15 and 15 is fine. If you get free money, then crack on. But if you lose it all, then... Tough shit. Yeah, yeah, I'm with that as well. I'm with that as well. Listen to old Rocker fella over here. He was the one kicking <laughs> off last week about how much money it was. <laughs> uh, I've given up trying to argue with him. There's no point. Uh, he's he's just delirious from the sickness. The thing yeah. gripped him. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to win, so fuck it. I might as well just go with it. You can't beat him, join him. Some, somebody obviously had a winner on the dogs this week. Yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Mark's making it rain. <laughs> Here you go, boys. Have it. <laughs> um, anyway, Mark, get, you're, you're getting quite a bit of grief today. We're, we're going to do your origin story, aren't we, today? So, yeah, fill us in. Why, why do you support 386 uh, different sport teams? <laughs> so, the Buffalo Bills. Um, it, my, my tale is very similar to Martin's, I reckon, with his Miami story. It's, um, it's really based on when I started watching the NFL. Um, so it was the year was 1990. Um, my dad had got me into watching the NFL. He'd taken me to one of those. Can you remember the old like American bowls that they had at Wembley? Were they yeah, in, in pre-season? Yeah, pre where they the, the starters I think played like one down and then that was it. But no one knew any different. Um, it, I think I watched the Eagles versus the Saints and I loved it. Um, so my dad had got me into watching it. I was an impressionable nine-year-old lad um, with a dad who was a, a Redskins fan, um, and I took a, a shine to this team who. Um, wore these funky red and white uniforms, um, had a great quarterback who played a no-huddle offense when no one else was doing it. Um, and I watched him get to the Super Bowl that year and lose. Um, and I thought, that's the team for me. Um, and I thought, brilliant, as the, you, you see him get to Super Bowls for the next three years. Um, little did I know <laughs> that that would be about as good as it got. Um but yeah, down to down to when I uh, when I started watching the, the, the beloved game, and uh, I'll thank my I'll thank my old man for that. Uh, so are there, and, are and there, then you are went... there separate stories for the other teams then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the Rams, I, I <laughs> there are kind of there actually are. <laughs> well, just, he, has a, he has a number of stories. <laughs> no, no, not really. Um, I just like again, it was around the time I, I liked watching them it was around the time of the greatest show on turf, and I liked watching them and. So I, I still follow them, not to a point where I would call them my team, but I still follow them to see how they're doing. But I would, Bills, Bills first, Rams kind of... So every, every 10 years you find a new team. So the Bills look <laughs> good in around 1990. The show on turf was 2000. So who was it in 2010 would have been the one to... Oh yeah, the bandwagon to jump on that. Massive Patriots fan now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, basically, I'm just a glory-hunting bastard of teams that do shit. Because <laughs> you're a Man United yeah. fan as well, aren't you, Mark? I, I am. I am. But they don't do shit. No, the greatest, greatest club side in the world. Yeah, so with that in mind, Mark, you are supporting quite a number of teams. I've, I've prepared your quiz for this week. And we're going to do the yeah, same... Bills. I'm not. I'm not having loads of questions for loads of different sides. That ain't fair. <laughs> not having that. Pick a well, team. If you will support just, them. Just, yeah, yeah. I don't support them. I've made that quite clear. Anyway, I've prepared you a quiz. You're going to answer the questions. Uh, if they don't, if you don't get it right, same as uh, last couple of weeks, it will go over to the other side and they get a chance to steal the points from you. So, without further ado, Mark. Name the two players from the greatest show on turf to reside in the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, okay, so that must be uh, Tory Holt. And no, you've done me. Don't know. Well, I, I, I don't support. Start. I don't support the. I don't support the Rams, as I've made clear. No, well, you do. <laughs> uh, you, you just. 
described how you, you watched the greatest just show. You literally told us your origin. Yeah. So that, that, that <laughs> pretty clear, pretty clear who I started with. So that will go over to. I, I, it's, a, it's a mockery of a sham, of a sham, of a mockery. Uh, so that will go over to Martin and Craig. And if I were you two, I'd let Craig answer it. Uh, why would you do that? Because Ma Martin always gets. Well, he's only got one question oh, yeah. right in the history oh, of the podcast. <laughs> Jesus, get with the program. Facts, absolutely. Um, so the two was, two players I... from the greatest show on turf that reside in Canton. I mean, they don't actually live there. Um, <laughs> That'd be weird. Warner, Ma 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 Marshall Falk's going to be one, isn't he? And Kurt Warner is he? Oh, no, so I, I don't not. know. Maybe he's not. Um, I don't know if he's been gone long enough. Maybe so he's not. Maybe he's not in. Or is he in this year? Give me two names. Marshall Falk and um, Toy Holt. <laughs> no, Toy Holt's not. Oh, oh. All right, too late. Uh, you got one out of two there. The other one is Orlando Pace. Oh, Pace. Yeah. Pace. Uh, yes. Marshall, yes, yes, Marshall yes. Falk and Orlando Pace. Okay, Mark, That's question annoying. two. So we've established I don't support the Rams still. Good, carry on. <laughs> okay. From 1967 <laughs> to 2013, the Bills had a cheerleading squad. What were they known as? A. They were known as the... I can tell you this. Don't even need the options. Go on then. They were, they were known as the Buffalo Jills. Correct. <laughs> awesome. Great knowledge. Great knowledge. That is good. <laughs> the, the the two the two answers for the multiple choice that I was going to give you were the billies or the wings. Nice. <laughs> um, Got one. Yes. Okay. Safe. Question three is in three parts. It's uh, it's uh, not, not cubed. What's threes? That one. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Part, um, Brilliant. A. Three A. Who holds the head-to-head -head record in the matchup between the Bills and the Rams? Uh, so, well, so I've got a 50-50 choice here, yep. obviously. If you get it. Good maths. If you get it wrong, yeah. yeah. Solid. Solid. <laughs> uh, Bills. Okay. Any idea what it is? No idea. 6-5 to the Bills. 6-5 to the Bills. So that's correct. Uh, question number B. Who were the QBs the last time the Bills and the Rams played each other? Oh, good Lord. Um, I will go... Give me a clue. How recent are we talking? Well, if I give you a clue, you're going to know instantly. <laughs> not, not, not necessarily. All right. <laughs> Okay, uh, Jim Kelly for the Bills and no idea for the Rams. That is incorrect. Pass it over. Do we get an era? Because we're, no. we're, we're, you know, no. we're, we're on record as being not Bills not bad, nor yeah. what Rams. I, what I will say to so you... So you're 50% the same as me. What I will say to you <laughs> is that neither of them play for the teams anymore. So, well, so it must be relatively recent then, because they're both so... Five seconds. Three, two, Bradford, one. and I'd go EJ. Yeah, Manuel. E EJ, yeah. EJ's still there. Yeah. Uh, you've got one out of two. Uh, yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick right. and Fitzpatrick. Sam Bradford, both since jettisoned. Uh, question number C. How many times have the Bills played the Rams in the history? Oh, I've already done that one. Dickhead. <laughs> I've written this, literally written the same question down twice. <laughs> I'm going to go with 11. Correct. Um, I'm, yes. <laughs> That's great work. <laughs> listen, listen, this does not get cut. You have no idea. has actually given us the answer to a question. That's brilliant. Well done, Mr. Host. That is gold. That is awesome. Genius. Love it. All right, we'll move on. Question four. Uh, does anyone know the score, actually? What's the score? Brilliant. Oh, you are on form tonight, Doug. We'll say 2-1 to not Mark. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, question four. Who was a quarterback the last time Buffalo appeared in the playoffs? Uh, well, I think I actually might know that. I think I might know that. Um, it was... It was... It was the year of the... Five seconds. It, the, uh, 
it was the year of the Music City Miracle. Um, Two. I can't for the life of me one. remember who was quarterback. No, go on, tell no, me. No, you're wrong. Chuck it over. Chuck it over. Martin, I reckon you know this. Well, uh, it's a little bit later than I think this guy played, but I, I seem to remember Frank Reich being the the QB. He, he was Jim Kelly's understudy for a while, but I don't know if he stayed on long enough afterwards, but he's yeah, he was the one I was thinking. Is that your final answer? The, that great comeback. Yeah, Frank Reich. Oh, Sorry, God, mate, that, that's that's wrong. Uh, the the actual answer yeah. was Rob Johnson. Yeah, no idea. Obviously, yeah, him, everyone's so, favorite, yeah. everyone's favorite QB. You well, can see why we made the you can see why I made the playoffs the next year, can't you? Yeah. So, <laughs> I, question five, um, Mark, you've got to get this right in order to win. I'm I'm ahead. Well, yeah. So if you get it right, you'll win. But I don't have yeah, to get it right. By virtue of having more points, that's how quizzes work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Um, so question five, and I need an honest answer here. How many teams is it acceptable to support? <laughs> <laughs> As I've told you on many occasions, I support one team and Whoa. I follow another. Wait. Wait a minute. I've got five podcasts that say something very, very different. Yeah. So there's only one outcome for that, and that is... Like I, would, like I would say, I support United, but I follow my local team like around here, Bristol City. But I don't, I'm not a Bristol City fan, not, but I follow them to see what they're so, not so the that's same. like your 12th not the same. team that you support. Doug, mate, that's that's a chess move. I've got to applaud you for that. Mark, I want to answer. One. <laughs> one. All right, then. All right, that's correct. So, Mark, you are the first person to actually win their own quiz. Oh, no, actually, Wee! I did. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some uh, delightful yeah. music there for Mark for winning his uh, quiz. Well done. Yeah. We're moving on. So, we've only got one origin left to do, haven't we? Or is that the lot of us? Oh, no, it's Craig, uh, isn't it? Craig, yeah, Craig, Craig, Craig's still got to go. So, uh, that'll be next <laughs> week. I'm sure, I'm sure there are literally tens of people waiting with bated breath. Pornbots, <laughs> Pornbots the world <laughs> over waiting to they find out what the deal is with Craig. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm, I'm batting 100. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm confident. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's leave the quiz behind and we'll move on to this week's news. And uh, we're going to chop through a few bits here. Mark, um, why don't you lead the way? I believe you've got something prepped. Yeah, so apparently we've um, entered the entered the league this year as the new greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. Um, if you if you believe the reports, the the guy um, that the Cowboys took in the um, fourth round of the draft, 135th overall out of Mississippi, Dak Prescott. Um, his the rise and rise of him in two weeks of the playoff seems to no no stopping. Um, in week two, 12 of 15 passes, 199 yards, two TDs, no picks, um, 158.3 QB rating, and two rushing touchdowns. Um, has led to loads of stories about how he's the new greatest thing in the world. Um, the, his first preseason game was similar stats. Jerry Jones has already said that he is stopping his QB shopping. He has got his man. The fans I've seen on some forums have even been asking for a QB battle with Romo, which is mental. Um, but I, I was in, interested to find out what you boys think. Um, if, you know, we all know that Romo is is made of paper. Chances are he's not going to last the season. Is Dak Prescott going to become fantasy relevant this year? <laughs> people that turn up in preseason. People that turn up in preseason have a couple of good games against a load of stiffs and then disappear up their own jacksy. It happens all the time. Well, it, well, it doesn't even have to be preseason. You think Nick exactly. threw seven TDs the other year? It's like, well, well, Matt, what's his name? Matt Flynn uh, at Green Bay when Rodgers was out had the, one of the greatest games of all time. He can't can't get a job. Do you know what I mean? These these aberrations. Listen, I'll tell you what that does. I'll tell you what that news does for me. And a lot of fancy news this off-season is killing me. All it does is tell me Zeke is going to be such uh, a commodity and his value has just increased. And that's what's killing me is a lot of my plans I had before the talk, you're hearing more and more. And, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, that line, if it's got his feet back, I think any QB should have time. Two Russian touchdowns, as you said, you know, We'll see. We'll see how he does. I don't think he plays much this year unless Romo does, you know, get cropped, which he inevitably will be. I think the interesting thing will be is if he does get cropped, um, 
and he, he's going up behind, you know, a, a pretty awesome O-line. He's got that back behind him. He's got some good weapons at wide receiver. He could do all right, but it's just the furore that's gone about two preseason games is, is crazy, in my opinion. Two years ago, Bishop Sankey. He was going to be the world's where, greatest. Where are, where are you now, mate? <laughs> yeah. Where are you now? Last year, David Cobb. It happens all the time. Um, yeah, it does. I wouldn't be but surprised. Sometimes you pick them. I wouldn't be surprised. I did a draft today, and Ezekiel Elliott went at the like sixth pick. Why? I, I would I would argue that McFadden's going to start over him, and Prescott probably won't play this year. I agree. Even if Romo I, gets, I think, even I, if Romo gets injured. No, if Romo gets injured, if Romo gets injured, he'll play. He'll I think Ezekiel, I'd be amazed if Ezekiel Elliott doesn't start ahead of Darren McFadden. They'll split reps if McFadden got, you know, if he's healthy. But McFadden, um, Zeke is definitely the starter there. And listen, Zeke may not, maybe a bust. It happens. But I, I believe the thing about the NFL, and this is the, the, uh, I think one of the the keys you see in terms of success, which give you that expectation of you know, a sure thing coming out of college is physicality. Everyone can play. When you get to the top level of college, everyone can play. Everyone's played since they was four, five, six years old. Everyone can play. The difference is those who are big and strong and fast enough, who have that physicality to transfer from college to the professional game. That's generally uh, the, the challenge. And Zeke has that size and power and speed and physicality. That's why I'm so high on him. I mean, one of the other things that I think a lot of the, the players that make the transition from college to the NFL, which Elliot seems to have, is the mindset. You look at like Trent Richardson, who had all of those tools, but his heart wasn't in it. He just didn't seem to want to be, you know, to be that, take the punishment and go through all the other rigmaroles that, that you need to be prepared, you know, the walls you've got to run through. But Elliot seems to have that little bit about him where he's going to put the work in to be a genuinely great running back. I think with, with regards to, to Prescott, I think he's going to play this year at some point. I think Romo will take a knock or something that will get down. And it's just whether or not he blows it's, it's whether or not Prescott blows up. The expectations will be massive. You know, that Dallas crowd, it'll all get on, come on top. All of a sudden, you might well find he's only in for three quarters. He's had a proper stinker, throwing three picks, and then they bring in the slightly more veteran, experienced guy to steady this ship and go, look, all we want you to do is hand the ball off to number four, let him do the damage, and we're all right from there. We will see. It, it, it says to me, like, a lot of um, all, all this hype around these players that come out of college, um, and I, I don't think the talent or the or the actual output will ever equal the amount of, of press that they're getting. So... You know, well, I also think an element of that is the market they end up in. Because you think Derek Henry's gone down to Tennessee, which is yeah, a much smaller media circus, and he, he could be perhaps as talented as, as Elliot. You know, maybe his situation's not quite as good. He's got a back that he's got a battle with, and is the O-line quite as good? But I think also where he lands makes a massive difference how many words get written about him. Because you land in Dallas, that is one of the biggest kind of stages of them all. So that's... Yeah, I think that plays a big part in how much the hype train gets uh, gets up to speed. Okay, uh, we'll leave that Prescott there. We're going to move on. Um, Craig's got something for us about people with owies. Absolutely. Um, so, anyone who follows the NFL, particularly if you're involved in fantasy, you will be very aware of the injury designations that take place leading up to um, any game. And what previously happened was two days before the game, you'd get your designation, which was either um, doubtful, uh, probable, or out. Um, which obviously questionable as well. Questionable, in fact, and questionable. So you had, and the way it was sort of defined was doubtful. I believe was less than twenty-five percent. Questionable was less than fifty, but above that and probable was above 75%. What they're saying they've done is that 95% of those who were designated as probable up until, um, you know, the last season played. So if you were designated probable, 95% of those players played anyway. So they've got rid of the um, probable uh, designation. 
and now you simply have uncertain uh, or unlikely. And that is uncertain is a, above a 50% chance of playing and unlikely is uh, obviously below a 50% chance of playing. Now, what this means to fantasy players like us is a fucking nightmare, let me tell you. Now, when you're in week eight and week nine, and life is still happening. All that time you found out of nowhere in the summer to do your research, prepare for your draft in the first few weeks of the season where you're super excited and you're making the time, that disappears by week eight and week nine. And if you forget to check your designations and look at your lineup, it's game over. And that was with the likelihood of being either probable or um, questionable. What happens now is you can't gauge how likely a player is to play. So if a player is above 50% chance, doesn't have any idea, no no likelihood that they'll play at all. Um, and with teams like the Pats, and we all know I ain't their biggest fan, but with teams like the Pats, who, you know, they played that game um, to, to the nth degree anyway, it, it's going to make it really, really difficult for fantasy players to get ahead of the curve and try and make sure your roster is set because it's hard enough as it is. This unlikelihood kills it. I totally agree with you. I think that it's, um, I, I don't particularly, I can see why they've done it. If basically everyone that was ever listed as, pro, as probable um, played, but all surely this is going to achieve is that everyone that was listed as probable beforehand is now just going to get listed as questionable. So it makes it actually far harder for anyone to know if they're going to be playing. It just adds this shroud of mystery in the NFL that I thought that they were specifically trying to get away from because they want to know that the big players are going to play. Um, and I can see the Pats just like, I know they've had games last season where they had as many as like 15 people listed as questionable. Well, now that's just going to be loads more. It'd be all those listed as probable are now going to be questionable. I, I think it'll be ridiculous. I, I don't see this being a, a good thing necessarily. And I think for fantasy players, as you said, it makes it really difficult. Have, I mean, have you ever heard of anything more ridiculous? <laughs> I, it's beyond ridiculous. Like, could you imagine phoning your boss up and saying I'm questionable for work? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I did today. Yeah, no, no. I, 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 I think you're more probable. I, I think you're probable, actually, Doug. Yeah, so you're telling you're your designation is currently doubtful, but uh, <laughs> hoping by, uh, by lunchtime to be questionable. It's just nonsense. Yeah, you're either injured or you're not. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't understand it. Uh, and because 90% of the time, it's bullshit anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. It's just nonsense. There's a lot of gamesmanship goes on in the yeah, in the league, with, and that's that's what it is. And we're looking at it from a fantasy perspective, but how are teams supposed to prepare for each other when, you know, you've got this now this designation, which almost means nothing at all. So yeah, you just go, well, our entire first team is now you know, uncertain or whatever. And it's like, well, actually, oh, look, they've all made it. So teams are game planning for one thing and getting to face another. Well, that is the thing. That's the thing in itself is that it's almost made it a side game beforehand. Like I say, people push the limits anyway, particularly the likes of Belichick. So it's made it another game because you just can't gauge. I mean, listen, let's put it this way. If you are a team with one of those elite players, if you've got a Gronk, it makes a big difference about how you prepare for a team if that man is questionable or probable. If you're now saying he's uncertain, which the chances are, if he walks into the week one with a knock on his ankle, he's just going to be questionable every week. So you've got to, you've got to plan for him. It is crazy. I think the one thing that could save this is the fact that if the league make it... The show so or this... If you're constantly... Yeah. <laughs> I think that if the league make it, the, and, and there's possible disciplinary action, if you keep putting someone on questionable and they keep playing every week, um, or vice versa, then then they need to take action to stop it happening. Uncertain. Uncertain. Just, just get rid of it. Yeah. It's absolute bollocks. Just get yeah. rid of it. I agree. It's bollocks. And we'll we'll move on. And I know we spoke about it last week, but RG three and Terrell Pryor, it's real. It's actually real, mate. I've called it. I'm not even hearing nothing. I'm not hearing nothing. I've called it from early. The one thing I would say is you can't have it both ways. Um, admittedly, they've done a bit in the league before, but they're still playing preseason. 
And so if it doesn't matter for Dak Prescott, it doesn't matter for Terrell Pryor and RG3. Yeah, but they've done it in the league. They've actually done well, it. Terrell, Terrell Pryor hasn't done it in the league. Not a wide receiver. Nothing, well, in fact. Yeah, RG3's, well. RG3's had one good season. And I agree with you. As I said last week, I think he will come good. But they're playing against second string currently. Let's see them do it in the, let's see them do it in the real thing. Have none of you thought about the possibilities of this? You've got two NFL caliber quarterbacks that have both started in the NFL on the field at once. Just chuck it to each other. Jet, jet sweeps. We all know jet sweeps, right? Jet yep. sweep to Terrell Pryor. You've got a quarterback taking a jet sweep. That Cleveland Browns offense could be ridiculous this year. It could be ridiculous. Gate plays, flea flickers, whatever. Like it is. I don't even want to talk about it because, like I say, this podcast is fucking up my strategy. It's killing it. It is killing. <laughs> Given that the main leaders, listen. Well, hang on. Hang on. You've Ryan already leads. drafted Ryan Fitzpatrick, so now you're going to have yeah. three actual quarterbacks listen. on your roster. <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Listen, I'm really. I'm, I think. I think Mark makes a great point. Actually. I agree with Mark in that it's preseason and it's always difficult. You can't have it both ways. It is still preseason. You get some nice indicators, but it's still preseason. What I what I just like is that RG three is making these adjustments, these very important adjustments, and he's not mastered them yet. So he's going to get better. His ability to move and slide in the pocket needs work, but at least he's doing it, not just trying to run every time he gets the ball. So I like that. I like that there's another option because we all know who's coming back in week four. I, 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 I like that situation from a fantasy perspective, even if they don't. I mean, I, I like. To, I think they've got a chance at a playoff berth. I'm, I'm going to wait to, to jump on that bandwagon, but I You're really do think crack. they've got a chance. I think they've, listen, I'm, I've said it. I'm not going to go into it right now. Let's see. Let's get some evidence. But I've said it. That's, that's got to be one of your bets. That's got to be one fine, of your bets. Fine. I, I think they've got a chance at a playoff berth. I think it's ripe for them. However, aside to that, from a fantasy perspective, there is for, you know, unusually, given that the Browns, there is fantasy value in that team. Yeah, there is. Um, somewhere there might be a little bit less fantasy value is ever increasingly the New England Patriots. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're having a rough old time of it at the moment. And um, Dion Lewis has gone back under the knife to have his um, knee cleaned up, which he is an absolute pivotal part of, I think, what the, the Patriots are going to want to do on offense. They, they've got their two tight ends set with Bennett and Gronkowski. Gronk is another injury risk. You've got um, Edelman, who was having problems with his foot post-surgery only a, a couple of weeks ago when he, when he got back to practice. But, but more than that, I mean, obviously, that, that's a concern that he's already going back to having more surgeries on a knee. But it's, it's their own line. Sebastian Vollmer has um, been put on the, the pup list with a, with a hip injury. Um, they've already got another guard um, who's injured, uh, Mason, is out already. So that kind of interior of their line is looking a little bit ropey, which without Lewis in the backfield, who, who are their running backs? If they don't have Lewis back there... Look out blunt, isn't it? Exactly. And you're thinking, well, that's not, that, that's not enough. That, that, that isn't going to be, be good enough. And if, if Edelman takes a knot, are you going to rely on Amendola? I don't think so. With Brady, I think that could be a bit of a mess for the first four games before Brady comes back to, to settle the ship again. I, I think if Lewis misses any significant time... I think that damages the whole Patriots' offense. I think the defense can probably carry him because that looks like a really, really good deep. But, but I'd be worried about the fantasy production from the other parts of the Patriots if if Dion Lewis misses any time. I've, I, I mean, I again, I did a draft tonight. I got Dion Lewis in round twelve, I think it was. Um, if he's out eight weeks, that takes him to what weeks? Four, five from today. Yeah, ESPN. Yeah, ESPN yeah, saying he's going to be out on bye week. Yeah, he's he's well. Um, yeah, he's going to be out for eight weeks. So, yeah, you, their bye week is week four. So you're probably only going to so lose. You're only missing three, three games, games, three or four three, games, maybe four games. But it's a combination of those games and the games they haven't got Brady either. So yeah. it's, it's the first yeah. ones. And but, I, I, mean, I think that that makes it a very difficult to, to get behind anything else on that offense, but for missing a, both of those pieces. For, for a fantasy, from a fantasy perspective, 
three, four games, if you're picking him up in round twelve, that's not you. You would take that. I just, just, just as an example, I did my draft. Like I say, I did a draft in another league today. I got D'Angelo Williams to cover the first three games that Lev Bell's out, and then I've got Dion Lewis late as well. So, if you can maybe pick up Williams and Lewis, you're covered for the first three games that he's going to miss. You may only be one week without a, an RB1. So if you can sort of parlay that, the fact that he's out for a little while and get someone that can cover that loss, then I think you're golden. I, I, I Listen, having him late, obviously, I think there's two things. One, I think Martin's right. I think it really does. I, I think you can't double, double uh, can't overthink Belichick. Belichick will have a plan for this, but it does have a massive impact on their game plan purely because I don't think Tom Brady can throw the ball anymore. And so if you're going to use the likes of Gronk to try and stretch the pitch, you're going to need that check down, that evasive back out of the backfield. And that's what Dion Lewis was going to be. So I think that makes a massive difference. But second to that, from a fantasy perspective, it probably more so than any is if you don't play as a running back, it takes you weeks to get productive because it's not just relying on you for you to do well. And that's where I think Dion Lewis lacks fancy value. Yeah, you're right. You might only miss three or four games. if you get him late. Absolutely. But it could take an extra two, three weeks before he becomes productive, particularly given the game plan will change at that period. And people may take a while to get up to speed. I think for me, Belichick is the key, as you rightly said. It's you know he's he's got Blunt, James White, Brandon Bolden, and he will he'll already know against the teams he's got coming up which back is going to do a job. Um, he had that guy um, a couple of years ago who went and scored four touchdowns in a game, and then you never you never saw him ever again. Great. He'll he'll already have a plan, and this is why I I think from a fantasy perspective, you just can't touch the Pats except for Gronkowski because you'll you'll see a guy who'll go into a game, get three TDs, and be like and look absolutely amazing, and then you won't see him again for another four or five weeks because it's it's Bellatrix, man, and he'll he'll know what he's going to do. He'll have a plan, and I don't think it will hurt them all that much. No, I was going to say it's Belichick's stuff to fuck with your fantasy team. That's that's that man's you know number one aim in life is just to mess your fantasy up. Yeah, he's got nothing else going on. Um, (laughs) So there's your news. I don't want to scare you lads, but that was actual fantasy insight. (laughs) It's almost like, you know, we're we're getting back to what we're supposed to be doing. And it's going to continue because we've got got a little segment here. So the fantasy pros have provided us with a top 10 um, receivers. We don't all necessarily agree with it. So we've sort of picked... A couple of players that might be ripe for uh, kicking to the curb and a couple that we think have been erroneously relegated. Craig, start off. Uh, all right. Who, who are you so, kicking to the curb? Right, so I'm getting rid of, um, I'm getting rid of Adam Robinson. Uh, Jags wide receiver. Did well last year. I think you had him last year, didn't you, Martin? I did, yeah. Did very, yeah. very well for me last so year. So he did yeah. well. You know, he's... He, he's a bit, you know what? He's a good player. He's a good route runner. Uh, he's got some pace... Um, and he definitely offers an option. I don't. I don't personally see him having the season he had last year. Um, so, and I don't really like him to be honest. And sometimes that's that's. I've, I've heard. That's, I've heard he's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's enough for me, man. You know, go with your gut. Go with your gut. It's all part. It's all part of it. So um, I'm I'm sacking him off, and I'm I'm bringing in I'm bringing in the beast that is Josh Gordon uh, uh, for two. Two very specific reasons. He One, loves weed. <laughs> listen, man, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on that on the podcast. <laughs> so, <laughs> one, <laughs> one um, sometimes in sport, there's just you need somebody. To smoke weed. <laughs> what the frick? <laughs> <laughs> they just can't pass the drug test. <laughs> Sometimes in sport, there's just a, pl- a guy who's better than everyone. 
They're bigger, they're stronger, they're faster. So the game is just different and easier. Megatron was a real example of that. And I think Gordon has that ability. When you watch him play, it doesn't look like he, he's even trying. He's, he's able to catch things so effortlessly. He's able to run past players so easily. He, he's able to outmuscle you. I just, I just think he, I think he's money. I just think he's absolute money. And you add the fact that RG3 is going to get reps and going to get in his rhythm. And then you get a weapon like Gordon. I mean, I think that for itself is game over. The second reason is I'm always, you know, we have opinions. We watch our shit and it's educated. I'm not going to go at that. Um, <laughs> nah, 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 so, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go and have an argument with Bill Belichick around football because the man knows. And I tell you what, I've heard a lot of positives around Joe Hayden, who's telling you when Gordon is playing football, it is unreal that he has not played for so long because it's so easy. And that man is one of the best in the league um, at, at, at the cornerback position. Those two things, I'm saying, with a four-game suspension, Gordon gets 1,200 yards. Yeah, why not? Um, I agree with you about Robinson, um, but I wouldn't replace him with uh, with um, Gordon. I, I'd replace him with Kelvin Benjamin. And um, here's why. That dude, he was the only thing that prevented the Panthers from winning that Super Bowl. I think Von Miller might have something to say about that. But, uh. No, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, if, if, if Benjamin's on the field, they win that game because the game plan changes. The, the whole game plan changes because... They've been, who, they've been quite successful that season without him, though. Yes and no. What did, what, what did they, well. Cam Newton had to play out of his mind with a bunch of also-ran receivers. Cam Newton is nothing if not completely reckless when it comes to throwing the ball. And if there's a player in the league that goes up for jump balls better than Kelvin Benjamin, I want to see him. What you got to remember Josh about Gordon. No, mate. You know, as you all know, I'm a big egg chasing fan. And if you were to name one player from the current England side, who would it be? Itoji. Right. Kelvin Benjamin, you've hit the nail on the head. Kelvin Benjamin is the exact same size and dimensions as Mara Itoji. But he runs, he runs 100 metres <laughs> about twice as fast. Mauro Toji is like, the, he's, he's basically the next big thing in rugby, right? He's, he's a, an absolute android. He's a beast. He's, he's not a normal. Beast. No. Kelvin Benjamin's the same size as him and is a wide receiver. Mauro Toji's a plodding forward. You know what I mean? That, that just illustrates how like superhuman this bloke is. I, and I think... If you remember the season before he got injured, he went up. Who was it? It was Richard Sherman, and the it was basically the whole Legion of Boom. Cam Newton threw up that bomb, didn't he? And he went above Sherman and um, the safety. What's his name? Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas. Thomas. And grabbed a jump ball above those two. Josh Gordon ain't doing that. I'm sorry, he's not. I think the thing you've got to question is coming back off an injury. Is he the same player? Great, great, you know, great as he was. Coming back off a big injury, big question mark for me is if he if he comes back as the same guy. That's what that's what would stop me sticking him in my top ten because a he's not done it for a year because he was injured. And Josh Gordon hasn't back? done it for two years. Well, I, never, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put him in either. <laughs> but he's never dominated, and that's the, that's the reason I don't have him in. It's Kelvin Benjamin's had good games. Don't get me wrong, he's had good games, but he's never dominated. He's never gone out there and been the best player on the field. Every time he plays, Josh Gordon had six games the other year and was the best player on the field every game. It's it's not hard to look the best player on the field when you're playing for the Browns. Well, there's an, there's another. It's hard to look the best player on the players. field when you're a receiver playing against the the Seahawks. We'll see. <laughs> Martin, who you got? Right, um, I was going to knock out a um, quick one receiver by the name of Brandon Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the car. And it, that was all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Don't leave the house. Yeah. Why and, are you uh, outside? Why are you outside? <laughs> uh, sorry, go on. Go on. He's trying to make himself. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brandon Moore. 
Austria was the guy I'm, I'm removing from the list, but it, it's not entirely negative. Terrible decision. It's Terrible because decision. It, it, it's because of a couple of factors. Just looking at the Jets and it, with the receivers, you have got to look at the situation. You have got to look at who their QB is. You have got to look at who else is around them. Who who's going to get the targets? And I think one of the things going to hurt um, Marshall's production is Forte coming into side. He's going to snap up some of those those targets. They're going to go that way. I think Becker's probably on for a good year this year. You've seen him when he was in Denver, his second, third season, you watched a noticeable increase in his production with that offense. And I think you could see the same thing here with the Jets. He's going to get more comfortable with it. I think he's going to be as good, if not better, than last year. And I think, again, that takes a little bit away from Marshall because Marshall's clearly the number one there. And I think all the, the number one cornerback is going to go on Marshall. And I think that that's going to mean that you're going to create opportunities for Decker and Forte. And I also think that Fitzmagic is not going to have the year he had last year. I think that's the other bit for me. He played out of his mind for that entire year last year. And at the end, he fell to bits. And that is the you know the, the, the Fitzmagic we, we all know and love. And I, I, I can just... I, so I, I'm, I'm knocking Marshall out of the top 10 because of his situation. The guy I'm bringing in is, for very similar reasons, Keenan Allen. That guy, before he got hurt last season, was on pace for about 130 catches. He was going to break all the records. He caught 15 balls in one game. They've already lost Stevie Johnson there at the, um, at the Chargers. So who else really is there to, to get, you know, Gates has fallen off a cliff. That, that's not going to be a, someone to to take anything away from him. So I think Allen's going to have massive, massive opportunities. He looks like a, you know, a real ball hawk. Someone's going to get the ball and do some damage yards after the catch. But who is throwing him the ball? Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers, who was, who, who was on, on course for, to be in the league MVP last year. Worst argument like ever. Him. Worst argument ever. Not only do I not like him, not only do I not like him, he's fucking shit, mate. I don't give a shit. I'm not hearing nothing. <laughs> Keenan Allen's not going to do nothing because Philip Rivers ain't going to do nothing. Uh, that's insightful yeah <laughs> look um, the only thing I would say going against Keenan Allen is have you seen the Chargers depth chart at wide receiver it's thin it, it, it's basically a brick ball team but is that not going to help him if there's literally no one else to throw the ball to not if you put a corner and a safety over right, to if cover he's good, if he's good enough kind of threat that's going to they're going to draw that coverage over the top he catches um, the ball you know listen the, the short, to these the names oh did you make does the damage after the catch deandre reeves <laughs> Isaiah burse javonte herndon james jones it's ah, James, James Jones got me to the final last year. I won't have you say nothing bad about James Jones. Yeah, James Jones, who I drafted. Yeah, you ha- yeah. <laughs> built everybody's team for them last year. Anyway, Martin, I think I think that's the reason that he won't do well. I think that when he had uh, when he had success, um, somewhat of an unknown quantity, but equally, there was no one else on the team who had any dynamism. He made a few nice catches. Had a few nice moves. Now it's it's far. They their their offense is so limp. Okay, I do hate Philip Ridges. How he gets four thousand yards a year, I really, literally, I do not know. I don't know. It is it is like the abominable man. It is a, a, a it is a it is a fantasy. I don't understand how it happens. The, the abominable I, man. Abominable so man. You know what I meant. <laughs> Don't be piggy, Doug. Don't be piggy. Uh, you know better than anyone. We all make mistakes. Hey, I don't know mixers. You don't know stuff. You know. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I, I wouldn't. I don't think. I, I, I'll tell you what. I don't think he Nan and Fitz finishes in the top fifteen. I don't. There's a there's a, a little bet there. Surely. 15 quid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to Mark. Mark was literally arguing about a tenner last week. <laughs> <laughs> now, he, <laughs> now he's emptying up. A tenner stretched over seven weeks. Yeah. Make it rain in Chippenham. <laughs> maybe, you fuck off. Maybe it's the malaria or whatever he's got. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's gone crazy on account of the AIDS. 
<laughs> Sandy vagina Tyson. Just <laughs> um, That's all of us, isn't it? We've all had a go there. No, not me. Ah. Do we want him to have a go, oh. lads? <laughs> <laughs> go on, you can. <laughs> you got Chris, Matt. <laughs> I think you boys are being harsh. You're talking about getting rid of Alan, Alan Robinson, Brandon Marshall. That's the third and fourth highest scoring fantasy wideouts last year. I think that's tricky to take them out. Um, mine, I think, is probably a bit of a controversial choice because I'm knocking out the top ten, Jordy Nelson. Uh, I think I think Jordy Nelson um, is coming back from a serious serious injury last year. Um, that's always that's always tricky. You don't know if he's going to be the same player, and it, it's just a feeling I've got that last year at times I think the Packers looked like a bit of a mess offensively. Um, Aaron Aaron Rodgers couldn't hit open receivers. He was struggling. Randall Cobb didn't have a great year. Um, I just can't see Jordy Nelson doing as well um, when he comes back. And I don't think there's any justification for him being a top 10 receiver when he's a year year removed from a, a bad injury. I see, I haven't had Rod, uh, Rodgers last year. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> the Packers offense at times was fucking terrible. Um, and Rodgers himself probably needed to play better at times. Here's the thing. I think that, Obviously, that doesn't happen if Jordan Nelson's on the on on the on the field at the time, um, and the reason I kept, kept Jordy because I did have a think about bumping him myself for for the reasons you go. But much like I was saying about uh, Gordon, is that there are some players in sports who are just bigger, better, and faster than everyone else. And you know, you watch Jordan Nelson run. I swear to God, watching him, I feel like I could beat him in a race. However, he is still he's still over the top and open. I swear, I watched the man run. He literally looks like slow motion. Yet he is passing you, and he's big and he's strong and he's like country boy strong. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's. I, I think he's. I, I still think he's their number one receiver. If he's if he's fit, if he's healthy, I think he's top ten without a doubt. Are you gonna so let him? Are, 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 you, are you gonna let him put somebody in now? I'm oh, gonna yeah. put someone in. <laughs> So I, uh, I am putting in, I think there's a couple here that um, were, were good shouts to go in. Alshon Jeffrey, I think, is a good shout to go in. And Amari Cooper, I think, is a good shout to be a, to be a top 10 receiver as well. But I'm putting in Sammy, the legend, Watkins. Um, it's, uh, I think that he is going to have a huge year. He's got a cracking um, relationship now with Tyrod Taylor. Uh, they understand each other. Last year, nine TDs and 1,047 yards, and he missed five games. Um, the big caveat for Sammy Watkins is if he can stay fit. Um, but if he stays fit, you know, at the Bills, they've got a couple of people that they can chuck the ball to. I think that he is primed. He's quicker than everyone else. He's can do things that not many receivers can do. And I think if he manages to stay fit for a season, he has another year with Taylor, I think he could be a top five wide out in fantasy next year. So I, I like Watkins. I, I, you know, he, he came out of that draft class, didn't he, with all the big name receivers. And he went, yeah, he slipped slightly under the radar. You know, was Beckham one of the ones in yeah. in his class who, who stole all of the line? Watkins went earlier on than him. Yeah, but, but it's... Thus far, the media spotlight's been on um, Odell Beckham and not on Watkins. And I think Watkins has been quietly and efficiently getting up to speed in the league. And, yeah, for, for my, my reason for not putting him is that, that of health. And, you know, we, we talk about Jordy Nelson perhaps going out because of health, but Watkins has probably got a poorer track record when it comes to being on the field week in, week out than Jordy Nelson does. So he's got the potential, but at the moment he seems a little bit fragile. It, the only reason he doesn't get the publicity that uh, ODB gets is because he doesn't play in New York. He plays in Buffalo. Um, so he does play in New York? No, mate. Nobody associates Buffalo with New York. You know it. We know it. New Yorkers know it. <laughs> I, think, I think you'll find it. they are the only team that plays in New York. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes facts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, he's a bit fragile. That's the only. That's my only knock on him. I mean, so yeah, honourable mentions for me. I, I think Jeremy Macklin's got to be in there. He's got to be in with a shout. And we're talking about these players aren't going from from ten to twenty seven. We're talking about going from the top ten to the top fifteen, maybe top twenty. They, they, they're yeah. not. They're, you know, wide receiver is unbelievably deep this year. Unbelievably deep. deep. And if you don't get at least one stud receiver in your draft this year, 
just uh, quit the league, pack up, don't do it again. Kill yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe not that. Yeah, yeah. harsh. Maybe, maybe not that. But I think Ty Hilton's a Ty Hilton's a guy that's under the radar as well. Could come back if luck can um, start playing as he as we know he can. I think he's another potential top tenner as well. And and we all know that there'll be players that sneak in there that none of us are talking about. There 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 will be a player that comes out of nowhere. Who was the uh, Doug Baldwin last year? Doug Baldwin, yeah, he's yeah. Uh, he, no one ever talks about Doug Baldwin. He was he was top five last year. That's, that's, that's because he's got the name of somebody that works in Barclays. <laughs> so what's your name Doug oh yeah I said it <laughs> Bants absolute Bants from Craig there isn't it <laughs> Jesus <laughs> anyway lads look we've we've been nattering on for an hour of my big speech about how we're going to keep to the time running schedule and all this kind of stuff this week has gone down the swanee let's um wrap it up with so many other business uh first one to put their hand up goes first jesus don't rush uh, <laughs> yeah not not everyone at once <laughs> uh so for me shout out to team gb for the olympics amazing effort and to win 67 medals is incredible i think though that the the, the whole thing has been soured somewhat by what's happened to the paralympics um, it was announced like a couple of weeks ago that there isn't the funding. They've managed to only sell about 12% of tickets available. Um, they haven't got uh, any kind of funding to even get the um, competitors to the game. So there's about 10 countries who aren't going to be able to attend. They've now decided they've had to get in state funding to actually to fund it and then cutting back on loads of venues. I think it's a real shame. Um, it's a bit of a, a slight on, on Rio and their organisation. I think it's a real opportunity missed after the London Paralympic Games that was such a success to um, to then have this. It's a bit of a shambles at this short space of time. I think it's a real shame for the Paralympic movement. Look, uh, I've, uh, as I mentioned last week, I've worked on a couple of the Paralympic events, the, the European Championships, World Championships. What it has demonstrated to me is that you could put the World Championships of Tiddlywinks on and play the final at Twickenham and it would be sold out. The British people can't get enough. But we're the only country in the world that that would happen in. I'm te- For a fact. I, I agree with you, but 12% is a low number. And they're clearly putting up, selling them too high. The, the economy Mate, is, is struggling. The world, um, champions, I- the world Championships in Doha, there were no more than probably 50 people in a day. And but I bet what they did have, event. but I bet what they had was enough sponsorship and funding to actually get the freaking teams to the event in the first place, which they don't have for Rio. Um, I just think it's a bit of a slap in the face for the Paralympic athletes. And um, that, yeah, I think it's a real shame what's happened to it. But have, have we really, you know, we were really, really blessed here in London with just how well it all went to have the expectation that a country like Brazil or wherever else it might end up is going to have the same response to it when it's, it's you know, it's its own entity, it's its own event, its own being is not the Olympics. No, you're right. And but so when you're, bid, but you when need, you're bidding you need, for the Olympics, yeah. you are bidding for the Paralympics. So if yeah. you're going to win so the I bid, that, that, if you're going to win the bid, you need to separate it. You've got to take yeah. that into account. Yeah. So if you maybe have it in different cities as an answer, but it's, yeah, yeah I've, it's, I've got you've, some... got, you've got to take it into account. I've got some really strong views on on that and other sports as well, but I'll tell you them off air because we might get in trouble. Um, <laughs> Martin, what you got? Well, um, I think mine's a little gripe, a bit like um, Mark's was um, last week. In tomorrow, I've just been to the cinema, um, got back uh, a little while ago. Um, when was it called for them to fucking start the film 20 minutes after the advertised start time? And fill that 20 minutes with shit TV adverts. If if it was 20 minutes of trailers, I'd have been happy. But I'm not sitting there watching adverts about shitty French cars that I don't want to fucking buy. And I've paid best part of a tenner to sit here and watch these fucking rubbish adverts. Because the wankers told me the film started at six. Well, it didn't start at fucking six. It started at 25 past six. So you either tell me the time it fucking starts, and I'll get there in my own good time, or if you're some kind of fucking weirdo that wants to watch adverts on a massive screen, fucking good luck. You turn up early. And it certainly weren't like that when we were younger. I fucking definitely know that. I'm not quite sure. I know it's been like that for a while now. But I remember going to the cinema. It's only ever trailers. 
or a couple of special adverts. Now it's just the same shit you get on telly. Uh, bollocks. Cinema is mugging me off. <laughs> um, Love it. Oh, it's going to be really tough to follow that because mine's not funny or anything. It's just... Um, I, I basically listened to the audiobook of The Martian. I don't know if you've <laughs> seen the film. Right. Have you seen the film The Martian? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, pretty good, right? Yeah. If you haven't read the book, yeah, the book is one of the best things I've ever read. I'm not joking. You haven't read it. You listened to it. No, but I've read <laughs> you it. You told us you haven't fucking read it. You listened to it. I listened to the audio book. Yeah, but I should have put a caveat in that I read the book before and then I listened to the oh, audio Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I did. I've got, right. it on my, I've got it on my phone. <laughs> uh, fuck all of it. Anyway, <laughs> look, the, the book, as is normal with books, and this is getting into my into my my main point of, of my my any other business today. Why can't they just follow the fucking book? Why do they have to mix it all up? Why do they have to get a team full of writers in a room in LA and go, do you know what? This really successful book that people love, let's fuck it up and take out all the good bits and then we'll make a film of that. Why do they do it? Because it's 500 fucking pages long and exactly. no one's sitting watching no 19 hour film. Yeah. <laughs> That's why they make TV shows out of things like Game of Thrones. And they're yeah. still, they've got like 10 hours and they're still having to cut those books up. Like nobody's busy. It doesn't work like that. Because you got, I've, been, I've since been back and re-watched the film and you're like, well, you've missed out all the important bits. Why do they annoy me, Craig? Uh, mate, to be honest, probably because you're an angry kid, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if yeah, just, everyone enjoys it. <laughs> I, I, I think the key, the key, um, the key thing here is look, just stop watching films because they are now shit. Films are shit, <laughs> Martin. When we when we were sort of eighteen, nineteen, films were good, weren't they? They're definitely better. Right, definitely, films are shit better. now. Films are made by committee, and they're no fucking good. Read books, they're better. That's my that's my any other business. Craig. Br- brilliant boys. So thanks for the, the lecture, Grandad Buggy. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna save the AOB section of our pod <laughs> and talk about the only thing that is important in sport at the moment. Warning, nothing but football from here on in. Warning, nothing but football from here on in. As a United fan, oh, I'm taking my time. Is he, is he still going? Because I just muted let that. The, let, 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 me, let me set the scene. No, listen. mate, mate, I don't think you're listening to me. I, I muted that because last no, week we mate. agreed there'd be nothing, no mention no, of that no, game. No, we didn't agree it. You butchered, you butchered the last two minutes of our podcast. So let me save it with the coup de grace. <laughs> <laughs> so let me reiterate, Zlatan. I was settling down to watch the game at Sunderland. Now, as a Man United fan, I've supported United my whole life. And for my whole life, people just assumed you're a glory hunter. I come from a United family. My, grand, my dad, my granddad, everybody's a United fan. The club and it had nothing to do with them being really good when you were a kid. Yeah, like, they most happened. of us that grew right. up whenever we did, is a, you know, I'm a Spurs fan because they were good in the early 80s. And lo and behold, so uh, as a... Uh, Craig? Whose AOB is this? Is this mine or yours? <laughs> we're, okay. we're railroading it because we're not interested. <laughs> no. I'm, we're, no, listen, we're not interested. Zlatan. Don't care. I spent a, a not interested. in a team. I'm I think there's been a rape up there. Fuck you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a childhood sport in a team. Well, uh, and it is a team that I support just like you support your team for whatever reason. I had three years. I'm glad for the three years where people were happy. We, you were so happy, so pleased at our fall from grace that they rejoiced in the lower tiers of the league when they thought Fucking we were falling. Hell. And then, then the king was reincarnated and Zlatan came and all is good with the world. I sat down. I saw the team sheet. I'll prepare for the game and it felt like Man United. It is my son who's seven years old. I remember Cantona in 95 when he kicked Man in the face. 
did a little nine-year, nine-month bird, came back, won us a game, won us a league. That that feeling, that 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 oh, that power, that I am in charge, Zlatan. Welcome, Zlatan. Welcome. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> I would genuinely got a bake on him, isn't he? <laughs> I, I I would genuinely rather listen to my any other business on loop for no thirteen days on your own than listen to that shit ever again. That's how long a film would be if they made it the same as a book. <laughs> <laughs> but it'd be better if it was made 10 years ago. It's, listen, and they didn't um, play loads of adverts before you went to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and you didn't have to it. get your money out of a cash point. And not in fucking Rio either, where they fuck things up. <laughs> well, at least we put the world to rights, boys. Exactly. I'm going to tell you now, you will be muted if you ever mention football again. <laughs> I'm not kidding, right. Craig. Muted. Is he going to miss four right. weeks? Suspended for four weeks. <laughs> Muted. Wait, you've got the Goodell about you, haven't you? You've got the Goodell about you. No, I've got the oh, fader yeah. about me. That's what I've got. <laughs> hey, Craig, not to brag, but I've got tickets for the derby in two weeks. Oh, wow. Nice. I'm trying That'd to work nice. out. I'm, I'm going to get Skype sorted out because I'm not joking. I am going to mute you. <laughs> Anyway, boys, this is nearly as angry as Doug gets when he can't get that fucking mixer to work. Trust me, <laughs> nearly as angry. <laughs> nearly as angry. We get for a, we get for a new computer desk every week. Yeah, we, ne- we never need firewood. Um, let's wrap it up there, guys. That's gone on quarter of an hour longer than it should have because of Craig's just interminable wank off of some bloke called Zlatan. Um, Don't hate, mate. Don't hate. You know, why not? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let's leave it there then, guys. Um, I'm going to go and edit this fucking marathon again and uh, we'll get together next week and try and entertain. Love it. For the first time for everything. Um, (laughs) All right, boys. uh, I'll see you all and on. Take it easy. Take it easy, mate. Bye 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 bye. Welcome to Joe Montana Sports Talk. Football.